Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We regularly work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. Ah. Welcome back to The Cottage. In this episode, we explore what is your life. When we talk about today's world and even Christianity itself, it just seems that the world is actually, as much as we've been talking about things, infertile. Uh, We've been talking about like water in the wilderness. We've been talking about the wilderness. We've been talking about things. The world and even Christianity itself, the church at the moment, seems to be infertile, fruitless. We're, We're missing many today. And, uh, you know, the church itself. And this, the world is filled with injustice. The world is filled with injustice. And so we have no answers. As a matter of fact, we have more problems. For every problem we have, there's more problems. And you saw the news about Israel this week. They can't get situation resolved over there. It's just continual. Then we get into... How the church itself and even life itself becomes inconsequential. That every day nothing happens, nothing matters. We're inundated with the bad news, but then we don't have any news of good things happening. It seems like. Now, there are some things that have happened. A lot of people, I don't know where you stand with vaccines or not, but a lot of people were anti-vax during the virus, but uh, the coronavirus, the COVID pandemic, but they have come out with a number of new vaccines since. They've been working on that messaging system for a long time. They now have two vaccines for malaria. They have vaccines for all kinds of things they're coming out with now, where they now have the messaging system. They can use computers, and scientists all got in one accord and brought about this whole idea of technology. So sometimes technology is doing something, but largely life for us seems to be inconsequential and superficial. That's hard to see the great news about vaccines. Whenever the pandemic was going on, I spent years in Africa. Pastor Roy is coming to speak for us next week. He is a missionary from Africa. You can ask him stories about Africa and questions, and you won't be here to ask him about dinosaurs. (laughs) Someone asked about dinosaur, but he said he's not recording, so. Um, but anyway. But just think about it. In Africa, they're saying, you spent centuries not worried about us, and we've been battling malaria, and now you have your own version of a virus, and now all of a sudden you're going to do something about it. Yet you didn't even care about us. Most Africans didn't care about COVID because they've been battling malaria so long, and it's terrible. Of course, they've battled HIV as well. And so, 
doesn't seem so. And that leads to our third point. It becomes indifferent. Not only are we not different, we're indifferent. We've gotten to the point where church is apathetic, where we don't even care. We are totally indifferent. So the world is, but then we become like the world, infertile, full of injustice, inconsequential, and indifferent. And we're not much different than they are. Then why do we bother to even have church? Matter of fact, they've already told us their answer. They don't bother with us. Because largely we don't bother with them. And they're not here. Because it doesn't matter. Does coming together, does Christianity, does our gospel, doesn't matter. Are we making a difference? And that's the question that I want to pose today. What drives our conversations? Our conversations. Now I could use the King James word here, conversation, which means our way of life. But what, what drives it? Because what did Jesus teach us? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What are we talking about? What is our time? You, you know where a person spends their time, their treasure, and their talent. Those three things. Where they spend their time, where they spend their treasure, their money, and where they spend their talent. On That's what is of consequence to them. That's what matters to them. And the question that we must ask is, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Because when you begin a relationship with a person and you begin to hear them talking, they will talk and whatever they talk about the most, and wherever they spend the most of their time, their most of their money, that's what's most important to them. So what are we talking about? What is our motivation for living? Ed's motivation for living. How are you, Ed? I'm still here. He doesn't have a motivation for living. He has a death wish. So should we dig up Jack Kevorkian and help him out? There are many people who said they would just as soon commit suicide than face another day in this life. Because this life is that terrible for them. Maybe emotionally. We're all going through things. My wife is going through things. Talked to her this morning and she's like, I just don't know. And I'm like, I'm with you. We're in the same boat together. We're in the same boat together. So what is it that is the reason why we jump out of bed in the morning? Or we don't jump. We stumble. We fall. <laughs> On our way to Pepsi and chocolate. Amen. <laughs> what is the reason for life? The ultimate question, those three letter words that are the most powerful in the universe. And G-O-D should be one of them, but most of the time the three letter word that's most powerful is why. Why? Why am I here? To what purpose do I exist? What's happening? I'm on this planet. God has chosen to leave me here. Then why am I here? Gotta be here for a reason. Otherwise, He'd take me out. 
So I keep trying to tell Ed and Bob and anyone else. There must be a reason. There must be a reason. Have you thought about these questions? Where do you spend the core of what you have in this thing we call L-I-F-E? Where do you spend the core? Where does your life go toward? These are some questions that I want to begin to unpack for us. I know I won't be here next week, but we need to be thinking about these things. So I'll give you two weeks to think about it. What does Psalm 90 say in verse 12? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. What did Paul say? Redeem the time for the days are evil. You only get 70 or so. That's not much. That's a drop in a bucket. Some get more, some get less. What are we doing with our days? Where are we investing them? What do we do with our time? What do we spend all of our time about? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus said. So what do we talk about? That will tell us where our hearts are. This is the day the Lord has made. Okay, God's made this day. Let us rejoice with God. This is the day God made. What are we doing with today? What did we do with yesterday? What are we going to do with tomorrow? Will it make a difference? Was it just another day? We're just going to be indifferent, inconsequential, infertile, fruitless, doing absolutely nothing because that's what we're good at. America doesn't do anything anymore. Our children are way down in education. Workers don't do anything anymore. This is the day that God has made. What are we doing with the day that God has made? Do we think about these things? No. Why? Because it's painful. And we do everything in our power to avoid pain. Is that what Jesus did? He avoided pain? We say we're Christian. We say we follow Christ. He came here for 33 years and just what? Ate tacos? What did he do? What are we doing? Are we numbering our days? What's the Bible say? James 4.14 Yet do you not know what tomorrow will bring? So I told my wife, told my brother that. What about this and what about that? What if this happens and what about that? What, what, what? And we can make all these wonderful plans, a plan to do this, a plan. What is your life? That's the question that God is wanting us to answer. It's a tough question, but what is your life? What is it? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then... 
vanishes. There it is. Ambulance. Somebody's having a different day. Somebody's having a different day. They didn't plan on that today. God gave us this day. We got up this morning and we didn't do that. Yesterday we got up this morning. Yesterday morning. And that didn't happen. Then what do we do with yesterday? What will we do with tomorrow? Because it's going to be here and gone. It's going to vanish. And it won't be remembered. How many of our days that we're numbering are just going to vanish and mean absolutely nothing? What? James is asking us, the Holy Ghost is asking us this morning, what is your life? What was that TV show? Didn't you have a TV show? Were they putting somebody on about their life? What was This is your life. If the next slide was your life and we started, what would we put on there? What will we put next? It's painful, I know. Trust me. I don't appreciate these messages. It's tough when God gives this stuff to me. What is your life? This is your life. What is it? Let's go to Tozer. He's tough. Life is short. A.W. Tozer, in the knowledge of the holy. Life is short and fevered rehearsal for a concert we cannot even stay to give. (laughs) Wow. We do all of this rehearsal to get ready to perform a concert. Just when we appear to have attained some... (laughs) Tozer smart. Some proficiency, we are forced to lay our instruments down. Game over. There is simply not enough time to think, to become, to perform what the constitution of our natures indicate we are capable of. We are capable of such greatness. But Tozer says we often fail to achieve it. We fail to achieve the greatness that God has given us. The sands of time slip through our grasp and we cannot hold on to them. The few that we can, the few that we can are just merely an irritation. In large part, because we are simply not of this world, (laughs) we're rehearsing for what's coming. That's what I would say. 1 John 2.15 What does the Apostle tell us? Do not love the world or the things in the world. 
If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's tough. Do we love the things of this world? Is that where our treasure, time, and talent goes? They all go there. But this world is done. It's going to be in fire. We talked about that. The Apostle Peter told us God's going to burn it all up. And when he burns it off, and he burns what the Apostle Paul says, the wood, hay, and stubble, what is left? I get these words and I don't even know if my daughter's going to live or not. I still don't know. None of us are promised the next breath. But when God's given me that, I'm like, I don't even know. Have I been a father to that child? Because I don't even know if she's going to make it. There are people out there that aren't going to make it. We just heard the ambulance. Do not love the things of this world. Do not love this world. It's here today and gone tomorrow. These things don't matter. But why do we love the things that don't matter? Why? First John goes on in verse 16 and 17. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of everything we see that we think we want. Notice it's the lust of the eyes. It's the lust of the flesh. No matter how much you eat, no matter how much you see, no matter how many hours we spend on Facebook, it's not enough. No matter how many hours we scroll, the scroll never ends. There's more scrolling. You scroll long enough, they'll say, listen, there's some updates. You click on that and it goes to the new updates. You'll never stop scrolling. It's an endless scroll. The lust of the eyes. The lust of the flesh. The pride of life. For all that's in the world, why do we love the things of the world? It's not of the Father. Then why do we love them? And why do we spend so much of our time, our treasure, and our talent on the things of this world if we're told not to love it and we say we don't love it, but where do we put it? Our treasure, time, and talent. But it's all of the world. Listen, the world passes away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You want to know why people don't come to church anymore? Because they can get the world out there. Why come here to get it? church to get the world. They already got the world out there. In Luke chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus says, For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The things that we put so much into are an abomination unto God.
In Romans 8.18 it says, For I reckon, Paul says the Apostle, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to compare with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Are we focused on this suffering? That our prayer list gets longer and longer. That we miss out on the glory that God wants to reveal in the moment. The glory that God wants to reveal in the moment. Come on, let's go back to Genesis 3. We just did it. Genesis 3.8. Because what I hear from this church and what I hear from out there is, Where is God? I'm going through this and this and this and this and this. and Where is God? Go back to Genesis 3.8. Adam, humanity, where are you? <laughs> where is God? He's out there. Where are you? <laughs> I haven't moved. If God doesn't move and you can't find God, who moved? <laughs> who moved? Because nobody's moving in this place. Actually, they're moving out. And we wonder where God is. And we want to blame God. God didn't move. And neither are we moving. And it's a standoff. We're not moving. Neither is he moving. Matthew 6.24 No one can serve two masters. Our attention is divided between two masters. And Jesus says, you can't do both. you got to let go of one to get a hold of the other. So what is in your hand? God is so big, you got to let go of everything to get a hold of Him. Either you will hate the one and love the other, else you hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot hold both. So which is it? Second Corinthians 5, 7 For walk by faith and not by sight. You want to go by this? The things of this world? You want to see this world? And all of its sickness? And all of its problems? And that's what we see? And that's what we talk about? I came here back in, I don't remember, I think it was 2000, I don't remember. Many years ago on a mission, I was on a mission field, I came back. And somebody kept talking to me about how they saw these demons and these spirits and they kept talking about them. They would call me. I'm over here, they're calling me at 1 o'clock in the morning. Waking me up saying, they're here. I see them again. Now, I wasn't as nice as Jesus. It's one o'clock in the morning. I'm tired. So I kind of cut the conversation short. I said, I apologize, but every time I talk to you, it's always about them. I said, when are we going to have a discussion about him? I was in the flesh. I wanted to sleep. I'm trying to do God's work. They wanted to disturb me. Their life was disturbed by all these things. 
So they wanted to talk about them. And I said, but I want to talk about him. And I'm tired. And I need to talk about him tomorrow. And I got to go here and talk about him. And all you want to talk about is them. We keep talking about all these things. When are we going to talk about him? We talk about all the problems. We talk about all the bad news. We talk about this. We talk about, we talk about everything, but we don't talk about him. And we call ourselves Christians. Ecclesiastes 3.11 He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God makes from the beginning to the end. You can't quite catch it in the King James so I'm going to switch to ESV. He has put eternity in man's heart. What is in your heart? The world or eternity? The world or eternity? What's in your heart? Go back to the beginning what God wants to do. Go back to the beginning what God wants to do. Let's do 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him. I'm looking around and I don't see a whole lot of him. And nobody's talking about him. We're talking about everything else. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now. Though you do not see him now. They were saying Jesus is coming back. Yeah, you keep saying Jesus is coming back. But he's not here. I can't see him. You believe in him and rejoice with joy. That is inexpressible and filled with glory obtaining the outcome of your faith. The salvation of your souls. The outcome. What is the outcome of your faith? Are we infertile? Fruitless? No fruit of the Spirit? What is the outcome of our faith? What is the result? You got wet. Hallelujah. You got wet. There it is. You got wet. What's the outcome of you getting wet? Where's the fruit? Is he coming out of us? Can people see Jesus? Let's go back to what we talked about in January. Because we didn't get it in January. And God's like, remember I said this in January? Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your foot. We did all that talk about the fallow ground. For it is time, I said, remember, it's time to seek. We did all those messages on seek. Did anybody seek him? Till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Where is God in all these things? God said, where are you? I haven't moved. I'm right where I've always been. He gave us this word. And it didn't change. And now we're in October. That was January. We heard it in January. What happened? You know what happened? Nothing. Here's God! Nothing happened in January. All that talk from God's word on seeking Him. Do we seek Him? Do we talk about Him? Are conversations in our life about Him? About how I met the Lord today and this is what God spoke to me? This is what I read in God's word today? 
we keep talking about them, all them things that don't matter. And we are not talking about him. And he is everything that matters. And then we wonder where he is. And he's asking the same question. Where is God in our conversations? Where is he? Maybe when we start talking to God more and seek him, and maybe when we start talking about God to others, that they want to seek him, we'll see things change. Until then, if God can't move this church, it's not because of him. It's because we don't want to move with him. And we need to decide if we're following Jesus or not. Because I think we've fallen way behind on what he wants to do. And the hour is late. But there's grace. He's calling us back again to this verse to seek him. Father God, let us seek you. Let us begin once again to remember what you said to us at the beginning of the year. To return back to you. Where you did that whole series on Joel about repenting, but have we repented? Are we with you? What do you mean to us? Is our life centered and focused on your things? Or on things that don't really matter? Help us to see you. Because life is very short. Help us to expend what we have on you in an act of worship. In Jesus' my name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dken.cc. That's D-K-E-N dot C-C. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.